I am so excited to say that this episode of Happy Marks the Spot is brought to you by Dermalogica New Zealand. If you follow me on social media, you will know that I love Dermalogica products and use them daily in my skincare routine. If you're after cruelty-free, professional-grade skincare products, free of common irritants and ingredients that drive amazing results, then I cannot recommend Dermalogica enough. I am your host, Simone Anderson. Happy Marks the Spot is full of honest chats with awe-inspiring guests that I chat to about how to navigate through the journey of life, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Unlocking inner happiness in each and every day, every now and then, or simply when one can. My guest today is a pioneer for gender equality in New Zealand, particularly in the workplace. At just 16 years old and while still at high school, Alexia founded Girl Boss New Zealand, aiming to empower women not only in leadership and management, but entrepreneurship and excellence in typically male-dominated fields such as science, technology, engineering and mathematics. Alexia has been recognised as the most influential New Zealand woman under the age of 25, among a number of other awards all honouring her drive to enable women to shatter glass ceilings and achieve their dreams. She's a genuine inspiration and also a very lovely person too. She's even good enough to come back in here for round number two after she had to deal with microphone malfunctions the first time around. Today, I want to welcome Alexia onto my podcast and into my safe space, i.e. this little recording studio, and this is round number two. So poor Alexia had to deal with microphone malfunctions and has kindly given me her time for a second time around, and I honestly, I can't thank you enough for joining me again. It honestly means so much, and I know how busy you are. Thank you. No, it's great to be here, and hey, always better the second time, so Yeah, well, we're hoping. (laughs) Hoping second time's a charm and we don't have to do number three. Okay. Okay, I want to start with one of your own traditions. So this is from your startup grind, and I'll talk a little bit about what my first job was, and this was nannying. And what I learned from nannying is that I loved the fact that I could actually give the children back at the end of the day and go to my own life. And it made me really thankful. It was a good form of contraception for so many years. And I'd love to know what was your first job. So my first job was Maybe very classic Kiwi. It was working in a fish and chip shop. Yeah, good. But I sort of took it the next step further. So it's a fish and chip shop, but it was also a seafood retailer. So we also sold a lot of seafood for commercial. And my role was removing the crabs out of like clams and mussels and oysters and lots of other shellfish. Um, that was my job. So I'd have to like get in there and pull out all the crabs. And I smell like fish all the time. I was going to say, that's like hands-on first yeah, job. It was. And you'd leave never smelling really brilliant, would no, you? No, no. And then your car would. It was, yeah, it was a bit unfortunate, <laughs> to be honest. I know, because after I go fishing, and I don't do, I mean, this sounds like I'm a regular fisher, I'm not. I go once every five years, maybe, when I'm dragged along. You cannot get the smell off your hands or out of your clothing for, it feels like days. Yes. So if you're that working That was my there, life. Yeah, that, that was, was your life. life. Yeah, just I was constant. just a fish girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I haven't actually worked, so that was in 16, and I haven't worked a normal job since. I've only ever worked for myself. So maybe that was just a pushback. Absolutely. <laughs> if this is what working for someone else is like, then... And by normal job, I guess you mean like a standard nine to five, because I know you are the founder of Girl Boss NZ, which is just a huge achievement on its own. And you started this when you were 16 years old. Can you tell me a little bit about this journey and how you got 
into this incredible career? So I started Girl Boss New Zealand as a result of my own experiences. So when I was 16, I was the only girl studying IT at my high school, uh, later the only girl studying physics, and I'd go to coding competitions and science competitions and regularly be one of two, three young women in the room. Did you find that quite isolating, being the only female? Definitely. And I struggled to wonder whether or not this was a path for me. I didn't know why my female friends, who were so intelligent and so capable, but not always why weren't they having the confidence to step into these spaces? And I felt like a bit of a loner, so I thought, I want to join a community for young women passionate about these fields and really find a sense of like minds. And now, that was three and a half years ago, Girlboss is now a network of 12,000 young women across New Zealand, Australia and the Cook Islands. So you've created this community because you felt a little gap in your schooling and your career where you didn't feel as supported as you could be in this. And you've just created this space where women can feel so empowered to actually get out there and achieve what they want to achieve. Is that just an amazing feeling for you? It is an amazing feeling. It is fantastic. And that kind of reoccurring message we get from Girl Boss members is, I've now got a community of like minds. I've found a place where I belong. I'm really connecting with people who understand me. Building that community around you is so important because I truly believe you're a creature of your environment and what you surround yourself with. So for you, creating this positive, uplifting, energetic space Mm -hmm. where women can truly feel able to chase their dreams and not constantly be squashed down is just an incredible thing that you've created. Exactly. And that key message that we share with young women is be unapologetically ambitious, creating that environment where they can support each other to be successful. You are just such a driven young woman. I'd love to know, how did you become this way? Tell me a little bit about your childhood. Was there something just extra spectacular that you've gone through that has just given you this drive to achieve and to motivate others? I had a great childhood. I was raised uh, by a young single mum. I was a result of my mum being a Kiwi backpacker, going on her OE for the very first time, and I was a souvenir from that excursion. The best sort of souvenir. Exactly. (laughs) So I was, I'm part Greek, part Samoan. And I, you know, growing up, I always saw uh, my mum had me when she was very young and then she went to university whilst having me as a young child. And so I really always saw my mum as a matriarch, as a provider, as a protector for my family. I remember my earliest memories of my mother would be her studying university during the day and then working at night time or then she trained to be a teacher and she'd be teaching during the day and then having tutoring extra students during the night. So I always saw that really strong example of um, being a hardworking woman and taking responsibility for your situation. Do you think having a single mother actually impacted how driven you were and your work ethic because of that, seeing her constantly trying to provide for you and giving it her all in every element. Do you think that actually added to your who you are today? Definitely. I think just learning to take responsibility for your situation and realising that we are responsible for everything out there in our world and that we actually, if we put in the hard work, then we can have um, reached success. Yeah, and we're not all handed the easiest cards in life, but it is how we perceive our situation and what we choose to do with that mindset that can really drive us further. I mean, your mother could have looked at her situation and thought, poor me, you know, I'm a single mother. How am I meant to ever survive and get through this and just do the minimum? But Mm. she didn't. She chose to work extra hard, put in the hard yards and create this incredible life for you. And in doing so, has instilled 
those thoughts and those work ethic into you, which I just think is phenomenal. Exactly. Yeah, she's a huge role model to me. Do you think your family has influenced your direction in life? Yeah, definitely. I think I've really had the support from my family since day one. I've been surrounded by a lot of strong women. So even when I came up with the idea for Girl Boss, they love the idea. Though actually I do have to laugh. When I first told my mum I want to start a social enterprise at age 16, she said, why don't you go get a normal job and then just donate to charity? Oh, mum. <laughs> That's what she said. But it's quite I think she's eating those words now. Yeah, she now yeah. works full time for me, so I am her boss. So, yeah. Is that true? I yeah, did not know that. Yeah, wow. How do you find that in terms of a mother-daughter relationship? Do you find that you can actually be authoritative towards your mother or is it more of just a friends and business type situation? No, definitely. Um, we've got a really great working relationship and we're super close and I do make all the key decisions for Gilbert's New Zealand as an organisation. Though I do have to laugh, I was just got back from Sydney and I was speaking at quite a major conference over there. And I was laughing because someone asked me before, like, are you sort of the boss and how does it work working with your mum? I said, oh, yeah, no, I make key decisions. And then literally um, just after that, I, like, sent my mum a photo of, like, the three chocolate fountains in the buffet. And she's just like, stay away from that. So, <laughs> like, so there are certain parts that your mum still has full yeah, control she over. She was like, you stay away from those chocolate fountains. So <laughs> how much vegetables on your plate? So it was a bit funny. She still plays that very much mother role in your life, yeah, which definitely. I'm sure is really important. How do you stay true to what you believe in when others around you may not share or understand your beliefs and your interests and your decision to go full-time into Girlboss? Was this a hard move for you? Always taking that unusual path comes with difficulties and to take that path that not as many young people take. And like I said, when I told my mum that I wanted to start my very first organisation age 16, she did question that. When I told my careers counsellor that I wanted to forego $83,000 in university scholarships to work full-time at Girlboss, he had some doubts around that too. But I was always and still am spurred by the belief that if you want opportunities that not many people get, you need to make choices that not many people make and not be afraid I to be a bit different. I love that quote. That is amazing. So powerful. And you just have this absolute ability to inspire and motivate people around you. And I think even from a young age, that is just something that is just, it's not seen often. And the fact that you were brave enough to chase these dreams and goals, which you're right, not many people are able to do. We all feel so set within these little boundaries and these little walls that society teach us that that is the right path. I know when I was in high school, all I'd ever been told is that I had to go to university. That is just, that was the next path. So right through school, I was studying economics and accounting and ended up studying a business degree. It was after I had failed accounting for the second time in a year that I realised that actually, hey, this wasn't for me. This studying university life, it just was not for me. And I feel so lucky that I actually had a supportive mother that sat down with me after I came home bawling my eyes out thinking that I was just the biggest failure in the world and talked me through possible career options and where I could go. And that's where I got into my makeup and it all stemmed from there. But I felt so confined by this one way of life. And the fact that you at 16, you could push that aside and still chase your dreams. I really admire that. Thank you. So you are currently running something called the Girl Boss Awards NZ. And you've just told me that you've had over 500 applicants, which is just enormous. That's gone up from last year. Can you tell me a little bit more about these awards and why they're so important to you? I saw the Girl Boss Awards really as a result of 
I travel a lot. I work with over 100 different schools and seeing these amazing stories of young women from all over New Zealand who were each day making decisions to impact their community and who are overcoming a lot of adversity and defying those stereotypes. And I've seen all these stories and really wanted to provide a platform and a place because I'd hear these stories but and I'd be sharing them with people and I'd keep saying and so many people I was talking to, oh, if only you could meet this amazing young woman that I had in my workshop just the other day. And so I thought, what's that place and that platform so that young women can be profiled to inspire other young people out there to realise that they're never too young to create change? And really spurred by that, that's now the Girlboss Awards. And it's uh, we get lots of nominations each year and we get amazing applicants. And it's a really been a highlight of my leadership journey so far. And you're right with what you're saying is that it's that platform for them to inspire others by giving them that opportunity to share their story, to share their adversity they've gone through, and then to show what they've gone on to do and achieve and change in their community, that in turn inspires generation after generation after generation. So it's just this incredible platform where you can inspire hope and change in our youth, which is just so exciting. Exactly. And it's all down to role modelling. Young women can't be what they can't see. And so I really want to champion and highlight these young women to show other young people out there that they're never too young to create change and to show them that they've got everything within themselves to start right now. And there's often this kind of idea, particularly in youth and often in um, young women, that we need to wait until we've received sort of a permission slip, a hypothetical permission slip from the principal or the teacher before we can actually go out there and do our own thing. And I mean, I wasn't a prefect at my school. I didn't have those traditional leadership roles, but I just saw a problem and decided to act. And I really want to encourage more young people that if they see a problem, that they can be the ones to solve it. That is so interesting. And you've I've heard you just say in the past sentence how many times start young. Why do you believe starting young is so important and so vital in this day and age? First of all, I think it's crucial that we start young because so many young people come up to me and they're brimming with passion, brimming with excitement, they've got time, they've got energy. But what seems to be holding them back is that self-belief that I don't think I can do it yet. I need to wait until I reach a milestone such as I need to wait till I finish high school or I need to wait till I finish university or I need to wait until someone older than me gives me permission or someone more qualified than me says, you know what, you can go out there and do that. But I just really want to shift that responsibility back to young people and young women to show them actually you know what you can do that and you don't need to wait until someone else tells you to do so and that's what your workshops and your platforms do so perfectly is that they allow these amazing talented young people to share their experiences and to really grow and develop as a person and you're right start young and start changing the world far earlier than they would have ever felt capable of before so go you I'd love to know what is the hardest thing that you think you've ever faced or done in your career or life so far? The hardest has really been my own mindset. Particularly Which is quite often the case, it isn't is it? It is quite We're often the case. Our own worst enemies in lots of ways. So really around that mindset around overcoming that imposter syndrome. And I think particularly when I started Girl Boss. Originally, I started Girlboss as a community for like minds and a community for young women to come together, but I wasn't always starting it as an I'm a girl boss and I'm this is what I believe you should be. Uh, and so it's been kind of interesting because I've had to kind of 
really be comfortable with people, you know, saying those sort of things to me. Even, you know, how you were saying I was inspiring and, you know, you've got to get comfortable accepting that. And it's been even a hard and not feeling like an imposter and not saying, well, I'm sure there's other people more qualified out there and really accepting that mindset and rising to the challenge. So when the demand for girl boss snowboard and it continues to snowboard, but actually giving myself the permission to actually go, you know what, I am going to rise to this challenge. And that perhaps even if I don't always feel qualified, I'm still going to go out there and do that because someone needs to. Oh, and that's one thing I honestly respect and admire about you so much is that you do own your own success. You are unapologetically ambitious and you create this culture of ambition. You're constantly supporting others' success what about this mentality do you think is so key and so important in this day and age? I think you definitely highlighted it with around supporting other people's success. And that has always been the mission of Girlboss New Zealand and really around how do we profile other young women? And sometimes I've even had the odd person over the years saying, oh, what are you going to do when there's another girl out there, you know, who might be younger than you, who's running programs? And I just think, I think you've missed the whole point of why I'm here. <laughs> this is what I'm trying to achieve. That would be a milestone for me. Exactly. I mean, we actively run workshops to teach young women <laughs> how to start organizations, step-by-step instructions on exactly what I did to start Girl Boss. So that's open information. And I want that. If we want to, currently only 4% of our NZX CEOs are women. To put that into perspective, we have more CEOs named John than CEOs who are women in New Zealand in 2019. That is out of control, and I had no idea. Yeah, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. We've also got more CEOs named Michael than CEOs who are women as well. <laughs> Just a few basic men names there. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of work to be done. So, yeah, definitely we need as many people involved in this as possible. We need as many empowered women going out there into the community. It's so much more than one person. I so believe in that, and you don't... For me, you never shine brighter by blowing out everyone's bloody candle around you. You shine brighter by lighting all the candles around you and supporting and unlifting, uplifting, sorry, and building a community of like-minded, strong women. I'm exactly the same. I get asked all the time, do you not fear, you know, competitors in your industry and what you're doing? And absolutely not. I have people, women, reaching out to me that are wanting to create their own platforms. What do I do? I spend hours helping them grow their platforms, giving them the tools and the advice they need so that they can create something amazing. What I want is to see everyone online uplifted, supported, and feeling part of a community, just like you do. So cool. <laughs> Here is a quick message from our sponsor, Dermalogica. Are you under the age of 25 and suffering from breakout-prone skin? Dermalogica's Clear Start is a system of powerful, technology-driven formulas that deliver fast-acting, multitasking results for acne. Prescription medicines can be really harsh on your skin, and over-the-counter products often take a one-size-fits-all approach and can leave your skin dry or irritated. Dermalogica's Clear Start products are tough on breakouts, yet gentle on skin, with skin-soothing botanicals to keep skin clear, balanced, and hydrated. You can shop for the entire Clear Start range on their new website, www.clearstart.co.nz with exclusive promotions available specifically for ClearStart users. They have even included a code just for listeners of this podcast. Use code HAPPY for $10 off your order at both clearstart.co.nz and dermalogica.co.nz. In New Zealand, we have something called tall poppy syndrome, and it is rife. Everywhere I look, everywhere I hear, I hear people that are constantly tearing people down 
for succeeding. Is this something that you've ever had to deal with? Top office syndrome is alive and well in New Zealand. <laughs> I think you've nailed it right there. Yes, I think what's been interesting is when I was under the age of 20, so I'm just turned 20 now, when you're in a te- um, when you're young and in high school, you can kind of get away with it for a little while. And then once you start to become a little bit more, I suppose, serious, and um, then people start to go, oh, hold on. I was kind of happy when you were that level of successful, but now, you know. Yeah, you've reached a new level, and I, I can't keep up with that. <laughs> exactly. And so I think um, it's something that I've almost just been noticing recently. Uh, and so yeah, it is, a, it is a problem. And in terms of solutions to solving it, I think just being really aware of who you're spending time with. And but I don't know, what, what are your strategies do you use? I'm still looking for answers. It is really, really challenging. For me, I try not to feed into it. So if I see it, I don't give it any time of day. And for me, what I focus on is actually building up those that are struggling around me. So if I see someone in need or that is actually crying out for that attention and that they don't feel loved and supported, that's what I focus on. I don't focus on the people that are trying to tear everyone down because I don't feel that's where my energy is best spent. I truly believe it comes in supporting those who need our support. And with that, hopefully as a community and as a society, we all just level up together. And hopefully those people see it and think, actually... I want to be a part of that. I don't want to try and tear it down. I don't want to be the miserable one that's, you know, constantly shitting on everyone else's parade. I want to be part of this epic army that's just building up and supporting others online. Definitely. Well said. <laughs> Talking about success, last time we spoke, you just got back from an amazing experience with Facebook. What was this like? I'd love to know more. Is this something as amazing as we all picture in our heads, this beautiful little candy land online. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So I just got back uh, from Facebook in San Francisco. I've been, it's my third time at Facebook. So So this was the headquarters, correct? Yes, it was. Um, It's my third time at Facebook. I'm actually a Facebook leadership fellow, which is pretty exciting. Um, So I've undergone 12 months worth of training with them. And it was pretty awesome. There is an ice cream store, so it was... There is not an ice cream store There is in the headquarters. <laughs> there is an ice cream store. There's a cake store. It's all unlimited. Just walk in there and just walk out. Dessert store. There's everything you that can imagine. That might be Balloons. a problem for me with my overeating in the past. I don't know if I can have that in my workplace. Is there a free gym or something where I can balance it out? There is a free gym. There oh, is good. a free gym. Perfect. <laughs> and over your experience and your journey with Girl Boss NZ, you've met some pretty incredible incredible people. Some royals I even hear, and you've made it into newspapers around the world, Daily Mail. Who were these royals? Yes, so I did, uh, I have met Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. I met the Queen. I received a Queen's Young Leaders Medal for services to the Commonwealth, and I received that last year at age 19. So I'm the youngest person in the Commonwealth to receive that medal, which is pretty exciting. That is really exciting. You should be so proud. It was a pretty, it was a pretty incredible milestone. And yeah, I got to meet, um, I actually got a bit of a funny story about when I met Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. So I've met them three times. Uh, the first time I, I met them was actually at Buckingham Palace. And the first thing I said to Prince Harry was, did you know there's more CEOs named John than CEOs who are women on the New Zealand Stock Exchange? And he burst out laughing, but um, was really passionate about, yeah, we, we do need to solve that. That's crazy. <laughs> But yeah, no, definitely. And I also got to meet David Beckham at Buckingham David Palace. David Beckham, that's pretty cool. Cool. Oh, in the palace as well? Yeah. So I actually met David Beckham uh, at a networking function after I received my medal from the Queen. It was a bit of a funny story. So I met David Beckham 
in the networking function, I look over and there he was standing sad and lonely by the choose table. So you just thought you'd do him a favor, did you, by going up and starting a conversation? So I thought, you know, I'm pretty Kiwi you are. (laughs) I'm going to do my good deed of the day and go cheer up David Beckham. So I bounce over to David Beckham and we're talking away about girl boss in London and New Zealand and gender politics, all the usual combo. And then a royal staffer came up to us. And the royal staffer turns to David and I and says, excuse me, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Prince Harry and Meghan request your presence. Then David goes, oh my. And the royal staffer goes, oh no, sorry, Miss Alexius. Were you just like, bow down, mate, bow down, (laughs) they're talking to me. (laughs) And as I was walking away from David Beckham, like, bye David, to my one-on-one with Prince Harry and Meghan, I'm thinking to myself, my life will never top this level of goal. <laughs> so would you say that's your biggest achievement to date or is there something else that's more spectacular? Um, it was pretty up there. I did get to meet Jamie Oliver and I'm a huge foodie. I love him I love so much. Jamie Oliver. Oh my I love gosh. him so much. Like They say some people like eat to live. Like I live to eat. So when I saw... <laughs> I love that. I agree with that, girlfriend. <laughs> so I like in the biggest foodie ever. So when I saw Jamie Oliver, um, he mentors young activists. So I got to be selected to be mentored by Jamie when I was in London. And he was one of the most inspiring people I've ever met. And he shared about his own journey. When he started his very first restaurant at age 25, he decided to only hire people from disadvantaged backgrounds. So the unemployed, uh, sorry, the homeless, the uh, people with drug and alcohol problems, people that had just left prison. And I remember him sharing that story to me. And then he said something to me, which I never, ever forget. And he said, When I made that decision, everyone around me thought I was absolutely nuts. I was 25 years old. I just hired people who just left prison and with drug and alcohol problems to work at my restaurant. My own father didn't speak to me for a year. His own father, after making that? As he thought Jamie was throwing away his life to help others. But Jamie's decision to do something different and give a hand up to others propelled him and his restaurant to global fame. Once people heard about the mission, they were waiting months in advance to get a book in. And what Jamie's story really says to me and what he shared with me was never be afraid to be the most hopeful person in the room. Never be afraid to be the person with the most hope and the person with the most vision. And he said to me, when you walk into a board meeting, who is the person that holds the most power? Who is the person who is the leader? The one with the most hope. That is just, I've got full body shivers and it's amazing. I've always admired him, but I didn't know his full extent of his story. So that just... Yeah, he's the most charismatic person I've ever met. Really? I can only imagine. Watching him, because I love just watching him cook. It just, his personality, it comes through. You know, by the end of it, I might not have felt like that meal. I want to cook it 20 times over. I want it for breakfast, lunch and dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) What would be your biggest why? Why do you do this? What drives you? What motivates you the most? So my why is for New Zealand to reach gender equality once and for all. And I'm really passionate about this being the generation to say, you know what? Enough is enough. This is going to be the generation to reach full gender equality. This is going to be the generation we close the book and say, we're going to change those statistics. Currently, only such a small 4% of our CEOs are women, only 8.3% of our chartered engineers are women, only 3% of VC funding goes to women. And I'm really passionate about this generation and women today actually standing up and saying, you know what, this is enough and we're going to be supporting other women and we're going to be aiming high and we're going to be 
financially ambitious. We're going to be unapologetically ambitious in the pursuit of our most audacious goals. And do you believe that in your lifetime that you're going to see this happen? Are you positive about seeing this change? I believe it's possible. Yep. And I believe with intention and with women supporting other women and men getting engaged in the conversation, we can do it. I love that. What would you do in this world if you weren't afraid of anything? What would be your ultimate, I would just go and do that tomorrow if you had zero fear? Well, I feel like what I'm doing right now is very, in a way, I, the past few years have been a scary thing after another scary thing. So I feel like I'm actually living kind of in despite of the feelings of fear that I have already right now. But definitely, I think that's a really important question to ask yourself because so often we feel fear and I still feel so much fear every time I step on stage, every time I launch a conference, every time I go to a sponsorship meeting. But what I've learned is to feel that fear, but not let that change my outcome. So I may feel fearful when I step into that room, but saying to myself, you know what, I'm not going to let that fear limit my contribution to the world. And for me, the only way I was able to have that mental shift was flipping that feeling of fear. And whenever I'd feel a feeling of fear, I'd say to myself, you know what, Alexia, you're actually being selfish because you're letting your own feelings of fear limit your contribution to the world. And it was the shift that I needed. Say, look, I'm actually not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for all the other young women out there. And just that mental shift actually gave me the push and still gives me the push to do what I do. Isn't that so incredible? And that's what I constantly remind people of is it's that perspective change. You change your perspective on a situation. The situation didn't change. It's how you viewed it. And you decided that, you were less important and your fear was less important than the good that you had to spread in this world. And that is just a powerful message and I love that. And I'm the same as you. Every single time I do something that pushes me outside of my comfort zone, I feel an immense sense of fear. It's a fear because I want to do well. It's a fear because I don't want to let people down. It's a fear of making a fool of myself in a situation where you're up on stage. But I have never once let this fear stop me. And I get approached and people ask me if I'll do an opportunity. I'm terrified. Before I even give myself a chance to think about it, I say yes. And I think I am capable of this and I'm going to do it and give it my best shot. And we're only going to learn and grow from these experiences. Even if I balls up so badly, it's going to be a growing experience for me. And I'm going to think, well, I'll never do that again, will I? You know, I'll never make that mistake again. Yeah, definitely. It's a mental shift. I mean, I was just on Breakfast uh, last week, which is a big TV show here in New Zealand. Oh, yes. How did it go? You were telling me you were about to be on it. Yeah. yeah. No, it went, it went really well. But, you know, I mean, I was totally nervous before that. <laughs> and I even said my mum works full time for me and she, she was driving me in. So she's like my assistant or my mummager is what she likes to call mum-a-ger. me. She likes to call herself um, like a shorter version of Christian. She's you basically yeah. like a Kardashian She calls herself, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She goes like, we're like the Kardashians, but she's kind of, she's joking, she's joking. <laughs> but um, so you know, mum was driving me in to go speak on Breakfast TV show and I said to her, gosh, I don't really know if I want to do this. I'm a bit nervous. And she said to me, well, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for all the other young women out there. And I think that was just that reminder around when you've got to shift it from about you into that wider purpose and that wider why, and then you're able to push through those feelings of fear. And sometimes you just need that reminder. What would be the three most important things for you that make you happy, that keep you sane? 
three most important things for me. First and foremost, family, 100%. Um, I'm really, really family focused. That comes back to that community around you though, doesn't it? Exactly. Surrounding yourself with people that just love and uplift and inspire you. And then second would be definitely being in tune with your why, making sure everything that I do is very socially focused. I find often when I'm feeling most tired and drained, it's because what I'm doing doesn't actually align with why and the areas and the issues that I'm most passionate about. Uh, And then third would be really around making sure that I'm always allowing enough time to plan my sort of next steps and my next goals. So Sometimes we can get so caught up in the grind that we can actually lose vision inside of, of where we want to go. So I think just even giving myself just 20 minutes or a half an hour just to say, what are those next goals? What's that vision and what's our next steps? Really allows me to kind of get away from that constant grind, which can be quite tiring. Yeah, talking about goals, where and when do you find yourself sort of coming up with your best ideas to strive you know, towards these goals? Is there a certain place or a time of day or do you find they just pop into your head randomly and you're just a genius? <laughs> it's kind of a mix. I think sometimes ideas can just come to you, but you do have to allow yourself to be open to that. So even things like if I'm on a plane, often it be tempting just to be on your phone the whole time, just reading articles or answering emails or, um, you know, looking at different content, but actually just to give yourself some space to just sit still and be present and actually allow your your brain the space to be creative. I definitely find that that downtime in each day I allow myself. So I will sit aside and I try and do it for about five or 10 minutes, morning and afternoon, when everything just gets too much. My thoughts build up and I do, I just sit in silence and some would call it meditation. But for me, it's just allowing myself that mental clarity to think, okay, I can just be at one with my thoughts and I recenter. And then when I come out of that you know, that zone and space, I feel so ready to tackle the day. And often I do have that sense of clarity around certain things that I just haven't been able to wrap my head around because my thoughts have been going so wild for so long and I can't see that sense of clarity. And finally, you're like, okay, I can see clearly, I can think of an outcome and I'm ready to tackle it. Exactly. Well said. How do you define happiness? How do I define happiness? That's a great question. And one, you didn't give me any warning. So I don't know. Put me on the spot here. Define happiness. No, I think for me, definitely around what is that contribution that I want to make to the world. I mean, I've always been so socially focused. I've always been one of those people that's saying, why are we doing this? What is the purpose of what we're doing? Um, And so I think definitely really staying in tune, making sure that what I say and my values aligns with how I spend my time. If someone was to ask me, why do you think we're put on this earth? Does that answer align with what my day-to-day looks like? And if that answer was to be to spend time with family, if that answer was to be to spend time with friends, was it to create amazing memories? Is it to make a difference to others? Is those answers aligning with how I'm spending my day-to-day? And I think the more we can build that alignment between our why, what brings us energy, um, what our values are, and then what we spend our down to the hour, our minute, our seconds, then I think that's when we can achieve the most happiness. For having no warning, that was a very powerful and wise answer, girlfriend. I am blown away. Thank you. Are you working on anything at the moment that we should be keeping our eyes out for? Any future goals that that you want to achieve? Yeah, so we're doing some really exciting work where 
doing some really cool work experience programs. So actually getting high school age young women work experience um, across the school holidays. Um, and so as well, we're running conferences constantly and workshops. So if any um, young woman's keen to get involved, they can get involved anytime on the Girl Boss website, yeah, age perfect. To 11 the, to 18. What's the best way for people to sort of get in touch, find out more about what you do? Is it through your website, Instagram? Where can we direct people? Yeah, definitely. So uh, the Girl Boss New Zealand website, www.girlboss.nz. It's free for any young woman aged 11 to 18 to sign up to be a member and they'll get access to our workshops, conferences, Girl Boss Awards, work experience opportunities. Uh, and yeah, so really encouraged for any parents or young woman out there to get involved. Anyone knows any young woman, get them yeah, involved. Yeah, definitely. Send them your way and I think you will just inspire the whole next generation to achieve and just smash their absolute best. Um, we're going to end on, and you have answered this question before, so let's go round two. Am I? What is your happy place? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> my happy place is definitely I'm feeling the most centred when I am with my family, with my friends, and then when we're just sort of spending time together. I think that's it. It's quite simple. I love that. So your happy place is with people that mean everything to you. Exactly. You're an amazing lady and I can't thank you enough for your time again. You are so incredible and I've loved getting to know you over these past two hours you've spent with me doing podcasts. So thank you again. Thank you. I've loved it here. Oh, I'm so glad. You're amazing. Thank you so much for listening to this Raw Collective podcast. Do not forget to rate, review and subscribe. It really helps others to find the show and literally just takes two seconds. And make sure you head to Raw Collective's Insta page or rawcollective.co for updates on this or any other of their shows. 